Welcome to a podcast called Intrepid. I'm Stephanie Carvin, and we're just here with a mini little episode here on the appointment of a new governor general in Canada. And I took advantage of Phil, who has not quite left on vacation or vacation such as they are now, to talk about it. Phil, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Steph. Phil, we have a new governor general. Can you fill us in and give us your thoughts? Yeah, well, I think it's it was a long time coming. I think some of us observers are, are surprised by how long it took, given that Mary Simon is was a really known quantity, had been considered in the past, had all of the, the qualifications except for one, which was fluency in both official languages. And in all likelihood, that was the, the issue probably that, that led the government to hum and haw, try and figure out whether or not it, it was still appropriate to move forward. But aside from that issue, I mean, it's, it's difficult to think of, of anybody who of, of the, the same standing, particularly at this moment in time, given the, the moment of reckoning that we're having with respect to, to Canada's treatment of indigenous peoples historically. And I think that'll that'll be interesting in terms of how she approaches that position and already what we're reading from Indigenous academics and activists and commentators about how they see it demonstrates that there really is a very divided opinion about how to, to react to this. Right. I was familiar with Mary Simon's work, given her discussions about like what sovereignty really means in the Arctic and, and particularly for the Inuit peoples who, who live there and their, their constant striving for a, a better quality of life. And this is particularly during the, the Harper government, where he put a lot of emphasis on Canada's sovereignty in the Arctic. And, and she wrote some really thoughtful pieces on that. And I think I would commend those pieces and speeches to anyone reading. So there's a number of of questions here. You often hear arguments from Indigenous scholars that Crown Indigenous relations are a little bit different than Crown Canada relations. What, what, so what, does this kind of put a different spin on having an Indigenous, specifically Inuit person in the role as Governor General? Right. So Hayden King from the Yellowhead Institute in the Globe and Mail had a very important point about this, that when it comes to Crown Indigenous relations, the reality is that it's complicated, right? And this demonstrates just how complicated it is. In some cases, you'll, you'll read perspectives such that the, the treaties between the Crown and First Nations are significant and foundational for reconciliation. But you have to contrast that with the fact that the Crown was ultimately the colonial power and that the, the, the genocide and horrors committed against Indigenous peoples, the violations of treaties were all done in the Crown's name under the Crown's authority. So the question then becomes is, uh, and, and there is really deep schisms here between uh, scholars who believe that the way forward is to not participate at all in the institutions of the Canadian state, and those who say that, no, I mean, ultimately, if you are going to arrive at uh, a, de- a degree of reconciliation, then you do have to participate in the Canadian state and, and its institutions. Those of us who are hopeful, and I'll say this quite plainly, I mean, those of us who take a more practical approach to these types of problems, and I know that's, that's my privilege kind of being able to take a practical approach in this, but it is what it is. And those of us who take uh, a pragmatic approach and hope that the, the participation school, the participations in the institutions of the Canadian state will prevail, I think view this appointment as an, a significant step. And similarly, the 
and yeah, this is doubly controversial, the fact that she was appointed speaking in indigenous language and one official language as opposed to both official languages makes us should make us think about what we what we deem to be the, the proper qualifications for the office of governor general, particularly at a time when we're, we're talking about reconciliation and perhaps in the future decolonization. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't want to get there immediately because I, I do think this is an important position. I, I'm very happy that, that she was appointed to this role, particularly given, I think, some of the damage that was done by former Governor General Julie Payette. So I, I'm, I'm very hopeful for this position, but I have to believe that there's criticism coming from Quebec that this is someone who doesn't speak both languages. Well, I mean, the Quebec position is interesting. I, th- I think the bloc kind of s- leader said it best. Like, if you don't even consider the the position to be legitimate to begin with, right, then it becomes a, a less of an issue whether or not it meets your your criteria in terms of your proper representation, right? So there's a deep kind of paradox within the view on this. I think that when you read the, the, the standard line coming out of the Journal de Montréal, people it's more french is not respected it does it's it's doesn't matter anymore this is it's just a reinforcement of the fact that quebecers don't aren't treated with the proper appreciation and respect by the rest of canada but on a more fundamental level right the question becomes on the one hand if you are a sovereignist and you don't consider to be the the office of governor general to be legitimate then it, you're put in a kind of a tough spot when you're then demanding that it, that it adhere to certain rules. You can argue both, right, that it's illegitimate, but it should still follow constitutional convention when it comes to the official languages. But the, the reaction from Quebec, frankly, has been pretty muted, right? And I think that reflects the, the fact that the crown in Quebec just is an afterthought at best. So that's actually a, a positive thing maybe i expect i did expect to hear more criticism so that's i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but i appreciate your insight on that i guess my next question then for you is we've had the chief of the supreme court serving in this role for a few months you expressed some concerns about that we've definitely talked on this podcast before that this is a government that just doesn't like appointing people or is very slow to appoint people uh, to positions can you give your take on really the first half of of 2021 under uh, a governor general that was really the chief of the supreme court well, I, I think Justice Wagner filled the, the position of administrator admirably. He did everything he was supposed to do. I think Minister LeBlanc also said it best at some point that it, you wouldn't want that continuing for too long either. And luckily, we, I mean, from my point of view, we didn't head into an election with the administrator. Not that the administrator couldn't have exercised all those powers, but it's simply getting back to the, the other conversation that we, we've had about NSICOP, we know that how quickly and easily it is to make fairly set constitutional rules very politicized. So I wouldn't have wanted the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court dragged into some kind of constitutional hardball situation after an election. Uh, I think that would be better for everybody. Now that we have a full-on Governor General, it, that addresses that the chief justice can go back to simply being chief justice. Similarly, and I think this is an important point too, that, that's been made when it comes to the governor general's role as commander in chief. We need a voice right now when it comes to what's happening in the military. We need that symbolic position to be able to express things and to, to have a head of state kind of pronouncement on some of these issues. 
by the same token, when it comes to reconciliation and revelations that, that Canadians are now coming to grips with when it comes to the treatment of Indigenous peoples, it was appropriate, I think, to finally have a governor general, even notwithstanding whether or not she's, she was Indigenous or not. The fact of the matter is not having the head of state function being filled at a time when the horrors of the Canadian state are coming to light and not having somebody being able to speak on behalf of Canadians about this was a failing. And you might say, well, what are you talking about? The prime minister was doing it and all the rest of it. Yeah, okay. But the whole point of the head of state function is that it's, it is able to abstract itself somewhat from the politics, from the baser politics in order to be able to reflect on what Canada has done as Canada in a more corporate sense. I really appreciate your insight on this, Phil. I mean, this is just a, a quick hit on the new governor general, but I agree. I mean, the, the times you're speaking in are just so different. We've lost thousands of people in a pandemic. We are now dealing with the horror of mass graves uh, in, in our country, a problem that many people have spoken about, but frankly, just weren't being heard for, for far too long. And hopefully having that symbolic representation, someone who can speak to the kind of grief that we need to express as a nation is is just so important. So I, I do wish her all, all the luck in the world. Yeah. And I'll just say again that I, given who she is and what she's accomplished, I have no doubt she's up to the task. Thanks, Phil. Thanks. Thanks.